This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Rachel Burns, who is the founder of True Worth Financial Planning. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Gary. So, Rachel, tell us some about yourself and kind of, you know, how, how is it that you got into the finance field? Sure. So um, I've been in the industry for about 13 years, and I started off working in the big, the big, big wirehouses. So um my entire exposure to the industry was was the, the big corporate setting. And so that was kind of all I knew and um, spent many years there and, and worked at a couple different big firms and really had no intention of leaving that world until um, just due to some events in my life and also COVID, of course, has, has uh, changed my career trajectory a little bit. So um, I, so before COVID, I, uh, you know, after I'd been an advisor many years, I got married, I had, um, I I got pregnant with twins. And uh, so that was a little different than, you know, I, I was planning on having a baby, but wasn't planning on having two babies at one time. So that kind of threw a wrench into things a little bit, but um, around that same time, my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer, like right around the same time that we found out we were having the twins. And so um, our personal life just got totally upended. And luckily with with work, you know, I was on a, a really great team and they were really supportive and I was able to get through, you know, get the support I needed to get my clients through that time, get me through that time. Um, but what I what I realized at getting through that situation, I, and he's my husband is is actually doing well right now. He just he's gotten through. There was a lot of treatment that he did at the time, but right now he's stable. But um, one thing that I realized was, you know, I I need to have some flexibility with my with my home with my family situation, and um, although it was it was working with, with, uh, my old group. It was, I really decided that I wanted to be 
closer to home, be more in charge of my own schedule, be more in charge of just everything. And so, and that that coincided with COVID, which was uh, that forced us to be working from home. And I realized that I actually really preferred working from home. And you know, we made it work with the, with the family and with daycare and stuff, but. What I, I took that as an opportunity to switch up what I was doing. And I had always liked working with women uh, clients. I, I, always, I always especially enjoyed working with women who had been through some sort of difficult transition, whether that was going through a divorce or you know, a family member passed away or their spouse passed away. So I always kind of had an unofficial niche in the, the kind of newly single women. But going out on my own, um, and being able to, to take on whoever I wanted to take on and charge them how I wanted to charge them. I really had the flexibility to work exactly with the type of people that I love to work with the most, which is women who are in a challenging transition. And so I made the decision that that's all I'm going to work with going forward. It's just, just, you know, women. And I, I especially wanted to focus on younger women because older women who are going through something like that usually they have more money because they're older. Um, younger women tend to be ignored by our profession because we they do usually don't have enough to meet the minimums to work with a traditional financial advisor. And um, I feel like just just with talking to my own peers and um, they, they don't have the support that they need. They don't know where to go for information. They're just kind of Googling things and making these like, really big decisions without the information that they need to, to make those decisions. And so, you know, combining that with, and they're going through some sort of, you know, trauma in their life. And that, that's a really, they're in a really bad spot. And so I really wanted to focus on that particular group. So I, I my niche is women in transition, but I, I tend to focus on the younger end, the 30s and 40s, especially, you know, moms with little kids. Right, right. Yeah, because it definitely, you know, obviously, you know, you've gone through the experience in your own life. And I think that 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 definitely helps you with with that um, with that niche. Um, what is it that in, in going through um, with the um, your, your new clients, what are some of the questions you wish they were asking when they were coming in that, that they just don't know to ask? Um, there's a with with divorcing clients, a lot of times they don't ask, you know, what's what should I be doing that's best for me in the long run? There's you know, there's all these decisions to be made in, in the middle of a divorce, and when you're trying to get to a settlement, and they're they're kind of just wanting to get through it because it's this really unpleasant experience, and they just want it to be done, or maybe they have. You know they have an emotional attachment to the house and so they want to keep the house instead of maybe taking more retirement assets and it's like you're going through this really emotional time and you have to make all these super important decisions and i wish that they were able to ask an expert hey is this what's right for me in the long run is this going to help me achieve my goals in the long run because a lot of times they get stuck in a situation where it's not what's best for them in the long run. They're not going to be able to meet their retirement goals. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to have the cash flow that they need to sustain the lifestyle that they're used to. Um, and that's really hard for the average person to, 
to see into the future what that will look like based on these financial decisions that they're making. But that's why I wish that those people would would find someone to ask, you know, what should I be doing here? And then with with you know non-divorce situations, if someone is just kind of going through the loss of a loved one, um, I think the best question to ask is, you know, what do I need to be doing now and what can I put off for later? Because there's so many things that have to be done when someone passes away that it's incredibly overwhelming and you're in this super emotional state and there's certain decisions that you don't have to make right then. And actually it's better that you don't make that decision right then. Like maybe selling the house or moving to a new area. It's like, put that off until when things settle down and you get a little bit used to you know, your new situation. But it's helpful for those people to know, okay, these are the things that I actually do have to take care of right now. And these are the things I can't put off. And let's focus just on those. Let's not worry about the rest of it. And then we'll tackle those things later on down the line when we have a little bit more emotional bandwidth. Right. I mean, I think that that a lot of what you're saying is important because I think that um, anybody who is going through a traumatic experience, a loss of a loved one or a divorce or anything, really needs to have somebody like you that's there to, um, that doesn't have the emotion involved with it, that can help them kind of kind of think clearly. Um, and I would tell our listeners that it's important to, that even before you go through that, to go to somebody like you, because, um, you know, have you and your spouse plan properly for a loss of one of you yeah. home and things like that. So I definitely think that that's something that's, that's, you know, really important. Um, now, you know, obviously, you know, when, when you meet with these clients, um, you know, obviously they, they've gone through a traumatic experience. There's things that, um, that, that they should be thinking of. And I know you said that, Hey, some of them we can put off until later. Some of them that, that, you know, we kind of need to take care of now. Um, what are some of those things that, that you feel that they can put off until later instead of trying to, you know, tackle everything today? Yeah, I, I think um, long-term decisions about your living situation can a lot of times be put off. And, you know, maybe someone might be like, oh, I just want to get out of here. I need to get rid of this house and get, it's like, that's a big, big, big decision. You want to make sure that you are looking objectively at that decision. So that's that's a big one. It's like living situation. That's a that's going to have a big impact on your life and you don't want to make a change and regret it later. Um, the other things that you don't have to do right away, like you don't have to restructure your investments. I mean, it's like something that you'll have to look at eventually, but that's not a super urgent thing. As long as you, you didn't inherit a bunch of stuff that's like incredibly risky. Right. As long as that's not the case, let's just do the other stuff first and we'll worry about making sure that the investments are in line with your goals because you know your goals change when you're now single so that's something that can be put off um things that can't be put off is like estate planning stuff like i don't care how young you are how healthy you are you have to have an estate plan if you're single it is super important to have all of that nailed down have the documentation in place um so those are kind of the major ones right um, so what, what do you feel is one of the, the biggest concerns that, um, the, the new clients coming to you have and how do you help them overcome some of those fears? 
I think the main concern that women have, whatever transition they're going through is, you know, how is this going to change my lifestyle? What is this going to mean for me and my family? Are we going to be, you know, struggling? And that's a, it's a more complicated question to answer because there's a lot of factors involved and there's a lot of changes. And, um, but I think women just want to know, am I going to be okay? And if they're at the fact that they're asking that question just to a professional person, usually I think that means, yeah, you're probably going to be okay because we're going to do what we need to do to make sure that you're okay. It's not, it's, it's doable. We just need to have a plan. We need to look at the, look at what you have and we need to come up with a plan to make sure that you get there. But that's, I think, just the scariest thing. It's like, how am I going to survive? You know, just how, how, how are, how is my lifestyle going to be changed? And how is my kid's lifestyle going to be changed? That's usually like the number one question. Right. So somebody who's going through a divorce um, and they come to you and sit down, what are some of the things that um, you kind of try to talk to them about? um, Because, you know, obviously there's a big difference between taking retirement funds versus house versus cash and so forth. What What are some of the things that you try to talk to them about? I try to get them to reevaluate their their long-term goals. And that's a, that's hard because they probably had some goals which are gonna look so different now that they're single. So I, I, I first try to encourage them to look at, okay, what are, what are your goals for yourself going forward? How is that different now that you're on your own? What do you want your retirement to look like? What are your goals for your kids? What are your goals for where you live? Um, because depending on, I mean, that's going to determine what you need to be doing now to get you towards those goals. So I think looking at the goals first can help guide them as they're making decisions right now when it comes to splitting assets or, you know, cash flow things. I think, I think focusing on the goals first is just going to help guide the whole process. Yeah. Um, you know, I say this to any of the listeners that are on here. Um, is is that I feel that it's very important that both spouses are involved in the the tax return planning, um, also in the financial planning. So if yeah. something does happen to one of them, the other one at, at least has, even though they may not want to have anything to do with it, they have somewhat of an understanding of where things are, where they need to go to find things. Um, I think that that's that that's very important. Mm-hmm. Because it does, your 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 budget's going to change, and I know nobody likes that B word there, um, but but it's going to change, and you really got to kind of go back and and recreate your budget um, to figure out. And I'm I'm sure that that's one of the things that you have them work on, because how am I going to be okay? I don't know. Let's put together your budget. Let's see where we may need to cut to be able to to afford what what you want to be able to afford um, mm-hmm. during that time. Um, with that being said, what are some of the mistakes that you're that you're seeing the people make as they go through this, even even after they've they've gotten you to start work with them? Um, some of the mis- some of the biggest mistakes that I've seen are when it comes to the split of the assets when they just when they just plain made the wrong decision when they. They accepted a proposal that was not the right thing for them. Like, for example, and this is a super common scenario, but I have a client who, so she got divorced before I met her. 
and she took um, she took a retirement account, which was the same market value as the house, which was paid off. And she didn't understand that the retirement account was pre-tax. So really she got maybe 70% of that. Right. And she did not know that going into it. And that's a giant amount of money. I mean, that was like a, that was something that's kind of continuing to haunt her now because her plan was based on numbers that weren't accurate. And that is so common is people not understanding, you know, when they're splitting up assets, how different assets are taxed or how different assets grow at different rates, or, you know, there's just, those assets can look so different in the long run, even though right now they look roughly equal. And that's something I see all the time. Yeah. I think that that, that goes back to making sure that you have a team um, that you've built around you, not just a financial advisor that thinks like you do, but a CPA that's helping with the taxes, an attorney yeah. that actually understands this and have them all. And, and people may, may say, well, man, that's a lot of fees that I'm paying to have the three of them get together with me to go over it. But it's going to save you so much money down so the road. Much money when you make on. that mistake now, it haunts you because I agree, I've seen it exactly the same thing. And it was a little bit different in the fact that, you know, there's million dollars in retirement assets, there's a million dollars in after-tax investments. And, you know, they try to just split it, you know, okay, here, you take the retirement, I'm taking the cash. And, you know, I had to kind of step in and say, wait, wait a second, that, that, that's not equal. They're not equal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so I definitely see that, see that. And lots of times it's the, you know, the spouse that, that, isn't involved in the regular planning that ends up, you know, I don't want to say somebody's trying to pull a fast one on them, but that's kind of what it, what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, that's for sure. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you started out, you know, kind of uh, the COVID timeframe and things like that. What are some of the challenges, you know, that you're facing um, with, with, you know, what your niche is and then kind of getting out and getting started now? Um, I was really surprised that there were not more challenges. <laughs> I was really expecting that, I mean, going out on your own and starting a business and doing anything during COVID is like kind of a, a nightmare. But I was, I had this, these expectations and I was like, oh, this really isn't so difficult because everyone, I mean, we all were forced to adapt and to do things from home that we hadn't done before. And we, since we're all doing it together, it wasn't that difficult for clients to adapt to that way of working together. It does, it seems like it's worked really well for them. And I have a lot of clients who actually prefer that and they're glad that they don't need to come in and, you know, put on, put on some real clothes and <laughs> get in the car to come <laughs> see you. We can, we can be in our jammies with our coffee and we can right. get work done. And it's just so much more efficient. So that was like much easier than I was expecting. And then also marketing has been so much easier than I thought because I think being niche, being, having a narrow niche yeah. makes marketing so much easier and cheaper too because you're, you're not trying to reach every single person in the world. You're trying to just reach this kind of small group of people and you just got to be kind of clever and finding, figuring out how to get them. But um, I found that I've been learning a lot about online marketing and social media marketing. And um, it's really 
amazing how you can target your message so that the right people are seeing it and the right people are, are like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. I'm so glad I found this. Like, it, there are so many things that are possible now because of this like post-COVID way of doing things that I don't think would have been possible before. I would not have been able to do this if I was still in the office, limited to the types of advertising that my firm does. It's, it's like totally wouldn't have been possible for me to, to reach the clients that I'm able to reach now. Yeah, I mean, I think I know with 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 my business, we were we were using Zoom before all of this went down anyway, so it was an easier transition. But I have found, and the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of my clients is is that they like it because they can hop on Zoom with me during their lunch, go through whatever they need to go through, and then boom, they're back as compared to before. They would have to take a half a day off because you know they're working downtown and then they got to drive out and everything else yeah. um so i think that that there is a certain market that that it has definitely um have have embraced it yeah. um but i still have my clients that that want to come in and, and sit down and and shake your hand and, and everything else so yeah um it's still still there both ways yeah yeah i do too and i still i still enjoy getting together with people in person. I, I do it whenever I can, but it's nice that, you know, there's, there's options now. Right. Right. Um, so you've been, you've been on your own for a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started, um, to, to help you along here? I, I just know what's possible now. And I know how this, this is the, this is the exact way that I want to be doing things. And I wish I knew that a little earlier, but it's fine. I think I spent a nice amount of time doing, doing something a little different, but like, it's, it's not that unattainable to go out on your own and to, to work with who you want to work with. Cause everyone has their own thing. Like, you can have the most random niche in the world and you can do that. You can build a practice where you only work with those people and you can love every second of it because those are your people. And it's like, I had no idea that that was possible. So I learned that fairly quickly after going out of my own. I was like, oh, I could have done this a while ago. <laughs> right, right. I, I think that so many people are you know, afraid they're chasing after the dollar. Um, and you know, they're, they're definitely... You know, you, you definitely have your challenging clients and things like that. Um, but I think sometimes people think that just because a client's asking questions and things like that, that they're trying to be difficult. And it's, and I've learned it's just, they, they think differently than other people do. So it doesn't mean that they're a bad client. It just means that um, you need to handle things a little bit differently. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Um. What do you see on the horizon for, um, you know, your niche and, and what you're doing? Um, I think with, with the industry in general, with financial planning, I think there's a lot more options that are becoming available that are not your traditional big wirehouse firms. And so I think as a result, there are, there are people who have been underserved or ignored or whatever, I mean, 
there have been these people that have not been on the radar of your average financial advisor, and those people are having options and they can get the support they need and they can find someone who specializes in their exact type of situation. And I think people in general are going to have access to better advice going forward and for a, 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 a reasonable cost, um, which I think is like fantastic. I think that can change the world if people have the right financial advice that they need. Like that can that can impact that can have a huge impact. Um, and and specifically with my niche, same thing. Those people. There are women who are in that situation who are like, okay, am I going to go to my dad's financial advisor? Like, does that person understand me? Is that person talking a way that I understand? Is is that even the services that I want? That those people are going to have better support and better service because they they have these options and they're able to find these people right. who who will want to work with them. Yeah, I think that's that's a very important statement there, um, because again, I'm not going to be the CPA for everybody. You're not going to be the financial advisor right. for everybody. Um, you really have to see how your personalities work together and things like that. And I think as as a, a an individual investor, it's one of those things. If if it, there's nothing wrong with with interviewing a couple of financial advisors and finding the one that you feel that, you know, you have the, the personality that you guys can work together. Um, and if not, you know, no harm, no foul. You just need to, to be upfront and honest and, and don't go down the road with, with that one person if you're not sure, mm-hmm. because you don't want to get into that, I'm going to say that combative relationship where it's like, hey, you know, uh, you didn't tell me this and you didn't tell me that when reality is they did, but you were just from a personality standpoint, didn't want to hear what they were saying. And I think that that's something that's, that's, that's important. Um, and I think from, from our side as a professional, we need to do the same thing. Um, why is it important? Why do you think it's important to, to use a professional like you um, uh, to help someone with their, their financial planning? Um, I think the average person does not have the expertise or the experience. Like no one should be expected to, to know this stuff because we don't learn this in school. I mean, I have a, I've majored in finance and then I went on to get an MBA and like, I still didn't learn about personal finance ever. So you know, it's like you're either lucky enough to have parents or someone who are willing to, to talk to you about it and spend the time to teach you about it. But if that's not the case, people are, people are, it's up to them to, to learn this stuff. And so it's like, no one should feel bad about not knowing this, but you have to know, okay, this is not my area of expertise. I need some help. And Googling probably isn't, this is kind of a big deal. This is more important. I don't want to just be like, Googling stuff. So I think recognizing that your financial future is really important and you want to do the right thing. And the earlier that you start doing the right thing, the easier it is. And just realizing that, you know what, I'm going to have to probably maybe invest a little bit of money, but I need to get some expert help that is that's going to make sure that I'm on track to, to my goals. Right, right. Um, 
we've 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 covered a bunch of stuff so far, but what have I what questions have I uh, not asked you that you wish I had? Um, I was I was thinking about that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you you asked some great questions. Like I don't. Good, good. Well, that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. What, um, when someone, you know, comes to you after, after a loss of, of a loved one, um, you know, I know you already said it for single people and things like that, you know, it's important to make sure that you have your estate planning and things like that. Um, you know, what are some other things that they need to think about? Because, you know, to me, you know, not everybody thinks of estate planning as the same. Um, you know, we've had on a couple of guests that, that truly are estate planners yeah. um, because everybody says, oh, I got a will, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so, you know, somebody who has lost a spouse, um, what are some of the things that you try to make sure that from a financial standpoint that you help them with um, for going forward? Yeah, there are so many misconceptions about what estate planning means. First of all, when you say estate, people think really, really wealthy people, but estate planning is for everyone. Everyone needs an estate plan. I don't care who you are. Right. And when you are newly single for whatever reason, then it's especially important because it's not just it's not just coming up with a plan for who inherits your money when you die. It's what happens to you if you get hurt or sick and you're not able to make decisions on your own. Who do you want to step in and help you with those things? Who do you want taking care of your kids if you're not able to take care of them? I mean, it goes so it goes far beyond just what happens to your assets when you die. But, and, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm young and what are the odds of that actually happening? But let me tell you, it's, I'm 36 and I have an estate plan. I have a, I have a trust. I have a will. I have powers of attorney. I have healthcare directives, and I have come this close to needing, I mean, I've used it. I, and I'm a young, healthy person. And um, there have been times where I thank God that we did the plan that we did because there were some times where it was really scary and like, oh my gosh, what do we, what do we need to do to make sure that if this happens, we're going to be okay. We had that spelled out and we didn't have to worry about that at that time. But everyone, no one is safe from something unexpected happening. Right. And it's it's pretty easy to do. I mean, you have to put in some thought to what you want to happen, but like it's it's gonna take a little bit of your time, it's gonna take a little bit of money to work with an estate planning attorney, but you can make sure that your wishes are carried out, whatever happens. And that's so important to everyone, but especially when you're newly single. Yeah, I think I think that you know again goes back to that. Spend a little bit of money now to save it, you know, on the backside, yeah. and to save some of the pain and stuff. Not just for you, but for for the, the family to leave behind. Yeah, they're the ones that have to pick up the and, and clean up the mess that you left if if you yeah. didn't clean. That's for sure. Yeah. So Rachel, if, if people like what they what they hear and they fit into your niche, how can they reach out to you? Uh, so you can you can find me on my website, which is trueworkfp.com, uh, or I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. But if you go to my website, you can schedule a free consultation. I'm happy to spend a half hour to chat with whoever, and that's that's a good place to start. Okay, great. 
Well, we really appreciate your, your time and your wisdom today. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Gary. So today our guest was Rachel Burns, who's the founder of True Worth Financial Planning. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.